Hello, everybody. Welcome to the Change Your Thinking, Change Your Life podcast. My name is Michelle Burkhardt, and I'm your host. Today, we're talking uh, an extension of yesterday's podcast episode. I had several people reach out and ask some questions, so I wanted to clarify a few things. Uh, We're talking about five truths about bench players. Okay, so five things you need to know about those people who they might not be in your top leadership team, but you're trying to develop them. Okay, so bench players are really crucial to your team's success. And I'm going to share with you those five truths that you need to know about bench players and what you as the leader can do to position them to your advantage. Okay, so that the team wins. I'll share some practical examples with you and even tell you a few stories about what I learned about being a bench player from playing um, sports. So you might want to get some notes or some pen and paper and take some notes for this one today. Um, It's going to be a good one. Awesome. Enjoy. So great teams have great depth. This is an extension of our podcast and videos that we did yesterday. We had several people reach out and and had some questions. uh, And I thought, well, I'm just going to share some extra information with you. So today we're talking about the five truths about bench players. So the things that you really need to understand about those uh, people on your team that uh, might not be in a leadership position, but you definitely need to be aware of. Okay. Please write these thoughts down because this is something you're going to want to refer back to over and over again. All right. So the first truth is that bench players are tomorrow's stars. Okay. Your, your eagles, as we call them. So if you consider your bench players, your seagulls, your eagles are those leaders who are your top performers. They get stuff done. They move the team forward. Okay. However, your your bench players of today are your starters of tomorrow. If they are trained well, you can bring them up into your starter team and and continue your momentum. This is what I find that ha- happens in in teams though is that you you might develop over time a really great starter team. I'm I'm thinking right now of a coaching client uh, that I have, and they have about eight people in their leadership team doing amazing things. Out of those eight people, six of them are within two years of retirement. Think about that. So within two years, they're going to have six new people on their leadership team. And so when I asked them one day, I said, hey, what's your plan? You know, who are you going to have come up? And they're like, we don't know. Um, it's time to start that now, right? I mean, it was time to start that probably five years ago, but now would be a good time, right? Because what if you wait until those people leave and then you just begin the interview process and you hope that you find people that are good, right? Now you're going to have an issue. You're going to lose momentum. If you take advantage of those two years, and you look at who's already been a good performer for us and how can we develop them so that when you know the, that time comes, we just promote them, right? We don't have to go through a hiring process. We can promote internally. We've put all this time, energy, and resources into them and their work, and now we'll just bring them up onto the starter team, and guess what? No loss of momentum, okay? Do you have a plan to train your bench players? 
if you don't have a plan, you need to get one. Now, here's the thing. If you say, you know what, Michelle, because I hear this all the time, right now, especially as I'm recording this, we're still in the pandemic, right? So if you say, right now is not a good time, I don't have the extra money or resources or infrastructure to do that. I totally get it. There are ways that you can do that with, with minimal resources, okay? Another thing I'm just going to offer up to you, our Empowered Leaders membership group is filled with young leaders that are bench players that are being promoted because they're learning skills and things in that group. We have several organizations who have multiple people that they've said, we know these are our, our bench players and we want to develop them. We can't take the time to do it. Can you please help us? So if that's something that you're interested in, please reach out to me. That's something that I can help you with, okay? Awesome. Okay, number two. Your bench players multiply your starter's performance. So your bench players, if you think about a sports team, they help the starters to practice, right? I can think of, of no better place than the boardroom or the conference room when you are brainstorming and you have a bench player in there who's really curious, who asks great questions. You know, maybe they haven't risen to that level of being in a leadership position, but their one question can really break apart um, a brainstorming session. What's the value of one idea, right? So when, when a bench player helps the team, the team wins. So maybe it's going to be the, the eagles, the starters, the leaders who are going to go out and get the work done, but where did that idea come from? One bench player's question. So they really maximize the starter's performance. Um, you know, more people, so this is number three, more people, there are more people on the bench then there are starters, okay? So if you go back, actually, if you use our searchy option, I'll include that in the link here too. But if you, you go into searchy and you search eagles and seagulls, we've done a ton of teaching on that. Um, so there's a ton of seagulls. They're everywhere, right? There's very few eagles. There's a ton of bench players. There's very few leaders, starters, right? So... We need to have a process to identify who's a good bench player because you can't bring up every bench player, right? And let's face it, there are some bench players that are on your team just for a time and they're meant to move on, right? So how do you really help them, you know, to understand that, right? I would say look for the people who, who outshine. Um, and if you didn't listen to yesterday's podcast, you need to go back to do that because I gave you several different options, not only as the leader to identify those bench players, but also if you are a bench player, how do you uh, outperform everybody so that you can get noticed, okay? So go back to that. All right, number four, a well-placed bench player is more effective than anything else. So I, it immediately makes me think of baseball teams. You know, um, you have all your starters and everything, but sometimes a baseball game is really long, right? And so you have relief pitchers, you have pinch hitters, you've got people who come in just for, you know, a little teeny tiny thing, right? But that's where their value is. Kind of like that example of, of the, the bench player who asks great questions and is curious. Use that one skill you know, maybe they stink at everything else, but that's where they add value, right? 
that one skill can really help the team perform better. And the last thing that you need to know is that a strong bench gives you more options. This is why when I go in and I do some leadership training and I, I'm just more and more fond of asking, hey, what's your plan to develop those people who are not on your leadership team? And I kid you not, I've only once out of hundreds, maybe thousands of times that I've worked with a team, only once have I ever had anybody had a plan. Okay, that's concerning. So when you have a strong bench, when you have a bench that, number one, you're getting to know them, you're getting to know what is your your strength, right? What do you bring to the team? And you're starting to use them in little ways, right? Then you have more options. So the one thing I found in the pandemic is that there are teams who realize, oh no, we've, we're losing people, right? Especially in the education field. I'll be honest with you that there's a lot of my friends who've decided, yeah, I don't need those extra two or three years uh, of teaching. I'm just gonna retire now. <laughs> totally understand it, right? They didn't sign up for the whole online thing. So what do you do in this vacuum, right? When people decide I'm leaving, if you don't have a team that's developed already of, of bench players, what do you do? What options do you have? You know, hoping isn't a plan, right? So develop your team so that when you have challenges and, and um, problems, really, that, that you have more options. A plan with options is always better than, than having no plan at all, okay? So I really wanna help you uh, kind of put this into perspective and as I was really reflecting on, on sharing this today, I came up with several examples and they're all personal examples of mine, but I think that they really flesh out these items a little bit. So when I was in high school, I played four sports a year, actually middle school all the way through. Um, basketball, volleyball, uh, track and field, and softball. I loved them, okay? Well, maybe not all of them equally, but I loved it. Um, I loved being active and engaged and just being a part of a team. Even back then, I, I loved this idea of, of a team, right? And so uh, I'm gonna share a couple examples with you. The first one is of basketball, now listen. Uh, I was not good at basketball. I'll, I'll be honest with that. Uh, my junior year was my best year. Uh, I had 21 points the whole season. So I was not good. I was a great bench player, um, but I really didn't want to go in. I, I think I just did basketball because all my friends were, and I liked being with my friends. Um, now, I sure, I gained some skills, and I can, you know, I, I was very good at free throws, so there were several times when I was called in to do just that. Um, but for the most part, I sat at the end of the bench and I tried to stay out of my coach's line of sight because I didn't want to go in. Okay. Uh, and so one thing that I was really good at though, because technically, I mean, if, if that was the only thing you knew about me, then why in the world would you, you have me on the team? Well, I was on the team and I, I know this because my coaches told me my work ethic in practice was amazing. So when it came to the, the games and the, the clutch performances and things, I was like, yeah, no, I don't want to have, have anything to do with that. But in practice, I, I could do exactly what he asked me to do, and I helped our star players become better. Okay? So recognize if you're the leader, you have people on your team who are the same way. They might not want to, you know, go out and, and perform in front of other people, but 
they might be able to perform in the background and help your star players get better. Okay. Um, contrast that with volleyball. Let me tell you this. I love volleyball. I haven't played in years. I would love to do it again. Um, I was good at it. Okay. I, I started very young. Um, and I just found that I loved it. Um, uh, it was a very different, uh, feel and attitude than, than playing basketball. Um, I loved it so much that it was not uncommon to, for me to be in the gym six hours a day or more. Um, I would, especially when I was in varsity, I would go to the JV practice and I would, you know, help out with them. And then I would go to varsity practice and, and then I would try to stay after a little bit with my coaches. I loved it that much. Um, it was kind of the, the equivalent of doing a job and, and not caring if you get paid. Right. And I was good at it. Um, there were certain things I was not so good at, but the, the blocking, the spiking, all of that, I, I loved it. I was a frontline player. Um, I got all County. I was on the state team for, for a couple years, just loved it. Now, the reason why I say that is, of course, I was a starter player, right? But I realized that I needed to really mentor the people who were coming up. And so I tried to involve them in everything that I was doing. So if I was going to practice extra, I would pull them into, into it and say, come on, let's do this together, right? And that made our team better. Now let me talk about track. So track, track was uh, amazing. So when I was um, a freshman and a sophomore, uh, I was on the long distance team. Okay. So lots of running. Uh, it was pretty much standard for me at a meet. I was going to run the half mile, the mile, uh, the two mile, and also the two mile relay. So that is... So you got the two miles, so that's two miles, and then, so that two, three, four miles at every meet I was racing, okay? Now, I wasn't like a long-distance marathon runner, but that's what I would do at every meet once or twice a week. Loved it, okay? Now, I might not have been the best, but I, every single year I got most improved, okay? And I added points to every single meet, now, when I became a junior, I wanted to kind of switch up a little bit, and I started doing the long-distance hurdles. I actually really love that. Um, and then when I became a senior, I was like, oh, I'm going to switch up even more. Honestly, I'll, if, I'm, if I'm being real honest, it was kind of like, yeah, I'm done with this whole running thing. Uh, what can I throw, right? So I started to do shot put, disc, and some other of the, the field events. Uh, just wanted to have fun, but really hang out with my friends, right? Now, I actually wasn't too bad at, at the um, disc throwing. I got to go to states, so that was really cool. Um, however, there was this one meet, okay? And I remember for whatever reason that our team out of four teams was going to win and basically be pushed over into all conference, but we needed one more point, one more point. The coach comes to me and says, Michelle, we need one point. He says, guess what? There's no female runners in the two mile today. None of the schools brought another two mile runner. This has never happened before. We just need one person to run the two mile. And you have one slot. You were only available to do so many events at a meet. And he says, you have a slot available. Could you finish the two mile for us? 
And I was like, well, do I have to be good at it? And he says, no, you just have to finish. And I said, I can finish. Absolutely. Now, I was out of shape. Um, I hadn't been running forever. He knew I could do it because I did it so many times before. But I was like, okay, this is, we're going to take one for the team, right? And I did. Now, it was horribly long. And I'm sure the the um, spectators suffered way more than I did having to watch me do that. Uh, but I can assure you, at the end of it, the whole team came around and they knew Michelle just won this meet for us and we're going to all-conference because of, of her. And that is the epitome of being ready. Don't worry about, am I good enough? Can I be a part of this starter team? No, no. Sometimes you just need to finish the race. Okay? So... One thing that I would encourage you to do, um, if you are a team leader, I want you to go through those five truths that we just talked about and really come up with, uh, I guess, do a rating, one to ten. How well are you doing on all of those? So, you know, your your um, your bench players are, are today are your starters for tomorrow. Are you even aware of that thought? One is low, ten is high. Just see what comes to you, Okay. And then the next thing I would encourage you to do is ask yourself, what's your plan? What's your plan for replacing you? Okay. Now, um, I will include that searchy link for you uh, so that you can go and you can you can look up eagles and seagulls and other things that you might want to do. Uh, and also, again, if you have bench players that you want to develop, but you can't quite make that happen right now, reach out to me. Let me know. We'll make it happen for you. Okay. Awesome. Hey, thank you so much for being here today. Hey, thanks for reaching out and asking questions and really spurring the this second part on. I really appreciate that. So continue to do that. If you hear something and you're like, yeah, but what's this question? Send it because it might help other people as well. Okay. And with that, I release you into the wild. Go forth and prosper. Have an amazing day. We'll catch you next time. All right. Bye-bye.